When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. What is up football fans? I am Danny Austin. This is the live from the 55 podcast we're here in our nation network studios in martyr loop calgary alberta canada it is wednesday afternoon late afternoon august 9th two days before my older sister's birthday which none of you guys care about but i need to remember because i need a caller um guys been a fun week been lots going on around the cfl um ty cats and, and tommy condell parted ways scott milanovich stepped in that's a big story been watching the quarterback situation all over the league. Sounds like Chad Kelly was taking first team reps for the Argos today in Toronto. Um, that's big news. Vernon Adams Jr. has been taking first team reps for the BC Lions in advance of their game against the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday. That's going to be a big story. Uh, Vernon's apparently sporting a big brace. So very curious to see how that goes. But, you know, we got a fun episode. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about Darrell Walker being loose by the Riders. But honestly, we had. Two really fun guests today. Um, Farhan Lalji from TSN. You know him, you love him. Um, you know, one of the leading voices on on CFL football and, and football in general in this country. You know, a guy who has his hands in everything uh, from the university. He's been a high school coach. He obviously does a lot of NFL coverage as well as covering our dear league here. He is, uh, honestly, he's, he's everywhere and anywhere. And the guy is the best in the business, in my opinion. And uh, was lucky enough to kind of hang out with him last week ahead of the Stampeders beating the Argos here in Calgary. And, and just, you know, it was such a joy and he's got such a unique perspective. So I was delighted to have him on today's episode. And then we also have John Bender. I think it's his third time on the show. So him and Ian Busby are my most regular guest. Bender is, uh, you know, is, is a Stampeder alum. Uh, I watch quite a few games with him. and He has, what I, what I love about Bender is I just love him as a dude, but, but B, he, He's played offensive line, which I think is a position so important and so many of us don't really understand, myself included. So, you know, took the opportunity to kind of talk to him about state of the Stamps O-line, you know, state of the Stampeders in general. Lots of Stampeders there. Um, so I was just talking about everything going around in the league. And, you know, we're, we're mid-August, sort of, are we? It's August 9th. We're, we're still early August, but we're nearing early August, which means that if you kind of squint, you can see Labor Day coming down, uh, coming down the road there. It, it, it feels like... I thought, to be perfectly honest with you, two weeks ago that I had a better understanding of who was good and who was not good uh, than I do now. We've seen Stamps drop or Stamps drop the Argos. We saw the Bombers absolutely crush the the Lions this week. Really, it's like the only thing that I feel like I know for sure is that the Elks are trash, and I don't want the Elks to be trash anymore. I want them to win. I, I take no joy just because I live in Calgary and, and seeing Edmonton fail 
Um, at least when it comes to the Elks, and at least when it comes to them failing this badly. But I'll be honest with you, I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed. Just absolutely just wrecked um, by the Bombers on Thursday night. Who knows? Stranger things have happened, but not really. I don't believe that. This would That would be the strangest thing, the Elks somehow pulling out a win against the Bombers. Uh, but, yeah, beyond that, you got the Riders in Montreal, Cody Fajardo revenge game. That goes Friday. Yeah, Stamps Lions, super interesting game. Stamps coming off their biggest win of the year. Lions coming off their biggest loss of the year. Um, lots, lots of intrigue there. God, if the Stamps somehow pull that off and win, we are having a very different conversation for the rest of the season than than we have been so far. Uh, Lions are obviously the favorites there, and they deserve to be. But you know, my job to be interested. I am very interested in that game. And then finally, Ottawa Red Blacks. We don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation there. I expect Toronto to bounce back. Ottawa, I am not as convinced by Dustin Crum as some, but who knows? Guys, it's a fun slate of games this weekend, but we also, we got a great slate of guests. So let's just get into it right away. Uh, yeah, let's hit Farhan, and then we got Bender coming up too. Guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. Got to talk to you about Fraser and Fig, because I love these guys. Here in Martin Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man, these guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes, and it was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month choices are always new you know just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all i love fraser and fig i love having them as a sponsor they're the best make sure you check them out tell them by from the 55 sent you all right farhan Lodgy from tsn um i follow you on twitter so i know the answer to this but it's vernon <laughs> adams jr starting this weekend right it is it is vernon adams jr starting well it looks like it i mean he practiced again got all the first team reps again uh looked fine yesterday he's got this big cumbersome brace on so it's going to take some getting used to but I'd be shocked if he didn't get the start. And Rick said, Rick Campbell said yesterday that uh, if he um, got through the week without any setbacks, the plan as of yesterday was for him to start. So, um, but besides that, what's going? How are you? What's going on? I'm so well. Man. The other day is life good? Yeah, life's good. I we, we we hung out for a little bit last week and then watched a game that that sort of completely turned the Stampeder season on its head a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm still on some level trying to figure out what that means um and it's it's such an interesting like as a football reporter going into this game against the lions who are coming off their worst loss of the season this beatdown versus the stamps team that's coming off its best win of the season and then also just kind of feeling like that doesn't actually mean all that much and the lions at home with a bit of rest are probably gonna be a lot better than they were against winnipeg so i wish i was going to vancouver that would be a very fun uh, <laughs> On trip it always is um but i'm not gonna be there i assume you will be there um i will i got a busy couple of days because i'm actually going to the seattle mariners game tonight it is uh, it is bark at the park night in seattle so i get to take my puppy and um i'm bringing my kids along so bonus for them but the real reason is i get to take i get to take my puppy because you know it, it's the mariners and we love them out here on the West Coast. They get into Twitter battles all the time with Blue Jay fans, which is always fun to do because I hate the Blue Jays. So, uh, and then I've got, uh, of course, we've got the Lions game Saturday. And then I take the red eye after the game to Toronto to host the panel on Sunday. So um, yeah. so lots going on. But look, as far as the Lions are concerned, 
Yeah, they're going to be better. There's no way they can be as bad as they were against Winnipeg. Winnipeg was absolutely on. I don't want to overplay the short week, long week thing, because at the start of the year, BC goes into Winnipeg on a short week and winds up taking it to the Bombers. And a year ago, uh, BC's got a long week. Winnipeg comes to BC on a short week and takes it to the Lions and Nathan Rourke. So, but at the same time, I do think there comes a point in a game when things are going against you, you probably have a little less fight to come back and, and get into it. So I don't think BC can be as bad as they were in that game. Getting Vernon back is also going to help. But also, I, I just have never felt Calgary's as bad as the record, right? I, you know, and, and they're going to be better. They're going to have some confidence because – People are going to say, oh, well, it's because Chad Kelly got hurt. Chad Kelly wasn't doing much, right? Like, Chad Kelly had one big-time throw, right, um, that uh, that led to a touchdown. And other than that, through two and a half quarters, you know, Calgary was able to contain him a little bit, right? So I think Calgary did some good things. Their commitment to the run mattered big time. Now you're going to get Kadeem Carey back into their lineup this week, so they're going to be better as well. So I think this is what we would expect from BC Calgary coming into the season as opposed to maybe what we thought a week ago, right, where BC was going to be ridiculously heavy favorites and people wouldn't give Calgary a chance. I think, you know, they're, Calgary's now finding a way to play however they need to in a given game, right? When you look at how conservative that game plan was, all run, didn't let Jake push the ball down the field. I think his longest completion was like 14 yards. So that's what they needed to do to get through that game. And, you know, we'll see if they choose to open it up based on what they saw Winnipeg do against BC in the last game. Well, it's interesting you saying that about the Chad Kelly, the one big play, the, the me covering this team closely and sort of, let's be honest, like on some level, my life's more interesting. If the Stampeders are winning some of their games, I'm not saying I'm rooting for them, but you know, it is. It's yeah, it means you can put off covering the flames a little longer, right? <laughs> a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I was Before wondering. I tweet football references at you during hockey season. I know. I you can. I I'll still be doing some a lots of football this time. But right. um, the problem is that one big play was hurting, was killing the stamps every time. So when I saw, well, Chad it was killing the stamps every time because it was Jake Mayer giving it to the other team. That was the big play, right? So it it comes with just such an emotional letdown. Like a big play, you can kind of live with, right? It's the other team doing it. When you throw a pick six, that's you doing it to yourself. It has a whole different set of ramifications to the game. Just look at the stats on teams that give up return touchdowns or turnover uh, touchdowns and, and just how difficult it becomes to claw back and win a game. Well, yeah, that's the thing. When it wasn't Jake, it was special teams, right? Like against yeah. the Riders, it was the two Mario Alford returns. Um, and that's the thing. Like they may just have to win a little bit boring for a little while at least, right? Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think that, um, you know, so often coaches get caught up with not just wanting to win, but they want to win their way. They want to show their offensive acumen and, you know, they, they want to do it a certain way. And I just think after a while, you're going to need to get out of your own way and just decide we're going to win however it needs to happen. And I think that was a bit of a, a watershed moment for Calgary. And especially just when you looked at how committed they were to the run. I mean, we just haven't seen enough of that this year. Well, which is why I'm so fascinated with this Lions game because, yes, they're yeah. going to have Kadeem back, and they're going to – I'm 100% convinced it'll be Kadeem and Diedrich. They are going to mm -hmm. try to establish the run. But, like, this Lions defensive line is, is is sort of like my story of the year in a lot of ways. Like, they're – I think they've got the second most sacks, but they're also allowing the second least rushing yards. So, like, by any – if we combine those two, they're the best D-line in the league by a considerable distance, in my opinion. 
Well, maybe. You know, I think they've kind of come of age. Josh Banks coming back into the lineup is going to help their run defense. He missed the last game with a hamstring injury. They were a little cautious with it. So when he's in the middle, they're better. Uh, they lose Sione Tuhema, the defensive end for this game. So they've had a pretty good rotation on the edges coming in. You don't want to, you know, David Menard's one of those players that does a really good job until you play him every down, right? Yeah. And then it, it, it's not as good. So he's better in a rotation. So we'll see who they kind of work in with him in that. You know, a year ago, the Lions still struggled defending the run. But if they could get into a certain situation in selected games, then it, it wouldn't expose them. I mean, you go to the playoff game against Calgary last year. Calgary oh, just yeah. chose not to run the ball, right? It was ridiculous. And they didn't commit to it at the first uh, during the season opener this year as well, right? So now coming off of last game and getting, getting Kadeem back, will they commit to it? Or will BC have some early success defending the run? And then all of a sudden Calgary gets out of it because it feels like that's what happened in those two games. This year, I do believe BC's D-line is meaningfully better, right? And when I say come of age, it's like Matthew Betts becoming a complete player. It's Josh Banks, you know, two years ago not knowing how to play in this league, now drawing double teams on the regular. So they legitimately know how to defend the run, whereas before it was just maybe get a lead and take them out of running the football that way. So it is going to be fascinating. And, and I'm curious to see because also the Lions have kind of slowed down in terms of their sack parade the last two games, right? So will all of a sudden there be an uptick there again because that's going to matter too in terms of, you know, the one thing with Jake is I see his mechanics break down when he gets hit a few times. And so that didn't happen in the last game. They did a good job of protecting him uh, with the run and with the offensive line. So will that happen again? Can BC dial up a pass rush and, and will that impact Jake negatively if in fact it happens? And and, and you, you've described this mechanics issue to me is it fixable yeah it's totally fixable it's totally fixable um you know like I, I just find that when he feels a certain level of pressure he tends to step away from throws and that is something that is it's forgiving ironically on deep shots because you know those just generally aren't as risky if you throw a pick and it's 40 yards downfield you you know it's as good as a punt and in many cases you're throwing those balls to a spot but when you do that on short throws, particularly the flat, and you hang those throws, and you're late on those throws, it's going back the other way, right? Like that's when it becomes catastrophic. So, but I do think it's fixable. But he needs to, um, he needs to change that habit, right? And he needs to be able to, if not step into throws, at least set your feet and torque your hips into throws instead of stepping away from throws, because that's when you get into trouble, and that's what's cost him uh, on those on those pick sixes. So, but it is. It's absolutely fixable. The one thing he should do, he told me last year he was going to come out and work with Nathan Rourke's coach out here in Vancouver, uh, Rob Williams, and he didn't. And Rob does a lot of that type of work. If he does that this offseason, that'll fix it. But I think he can fix it in season this year if he wants. He's got Mark Mueller and Dave Dickinson, two brilliant offensive minds and guys that know how to play the quarterback position around him. So, yeah, commit to it. You can do it. Uh, Jake's a smart guy, and he's not, you know, he's not soft, right? It's not like that. Uh, it's not like he's afraid to take a hit. He's a tough guy. He can fix it. Yeah, I, and I will say that here in Calgary, it has felt often like people are really impatient with him. Um, yeah, which which is why I've, in honestly, like I've, I've enjoyed my conversations with you about that the mechanic stuff because I think that's it's a perspective like you've coached, you've done it all. Like you're actually like breaking it down as opposed to saying, oh, he doesn't deal well with pressure. Well, what yeah, what is the, he doing wrong with pressure? You know, the the Calgary fans would be wise to take a bit of a step back and realize that the last season and a half was not a mirage, 
right? Like this guy did some good things. And, you know, I, I know people were sour at the playoff game last year and that it's been a slow start this year, but it's not all on him. Yeah, those mistakes are, are standing out, but when you still throw for 450 in a game, that's pretty good, right? Like you're you're executing the offense well when you consider the the revolving door they've had at receiver this year, right? And at times along the offensive line, but they just haven't had that chemistry at receiver. And you talked about it in one of your columns and and I talked about it with him as well that he wants to be able to just he wants to be on the same page early that they'll be you know he'll get into a drop back and either he or the receiver will make the wrong adjustment to coverage in the play and then they come back to the bench and they look at the ipad and the receiver realizes yeah i should have run this flatter or i should have converted here or jake will do it himself and say yeah i should have kind of done this instead they and he knows he's like we can't give up those plays and figure it out on the sidelines we need to be able to play faster and figure it out in game but that's not all on jake calgary fans you have got a bright young talented quarterback who you should want to be able to to ride with and he's that guy and that's why i've stayed on his bandwagon and the stamps bandwagon because we've got a lot of teams that are hitching their wagons to guys that have played one or two good games but they have no other choice given what they're dealing with jake's a good player and he's proven it over a large enough sample size you know and dave dickinson is good at evaluating talent right um when they got bo levi mitchell they knew the day they got him that they needed to create a pathway to make him the starter in two years they know how to evaluate and he's evaluating Jake well, so stick with him because he'll he'll do just fine. On that topic, because I've got you for about three more minutes, does it frustrate you? And I, to be honest, I know it does, but the, the fact that Vernon Adams just isn't, like he's talked about as if he's still a question mark. Yeah, it, it annoys me. And I say that because, you know, just as a fan of the league, not because I live in BC. And if you've, if you've ever followed me previously, like, you know, I when he was in Montreal, like I, I love watching Vernon play. And I just think the best of Vernon is a good thing for the league. I'm looking at my dog here. I've got an empty plate. She just came into my office and she's licking my leftover potato salad. It's pretty good. So if you see the, if you, if you feel the shaking, it's, it's my, uh, it's my dog and my daughter's over here. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, like when he threw the six interceptions and, you know, Derek Taylor, who's a good friend of both of ours, just all of a sudden, you know, there's a bunch of stuff out there. And, and Doug Brown, who I respect deeply, just, oh, forget the first three games. This is now the real part. And if you really look at Vernon Adams, and and I've said this, if, if you take the high and low watermarks out, like if you take his 2019 season in Montreal out, and you take his performances with the BC Lions, good and bad, like the one bad game and everything else good, out. And that's a lot of good to take out. He's still 14, or he still won nine of 14 games as a starter. Right. And one of the games he lost, he played five plays before they gave him the hook last year in Montreal. Like his sample size, even if you take out the great stuff and, and eliminate one bad game, his sample size, his numbers are good. He plays winning football. And when he's able to run around and, and make magic, that is a good thing for the league. So I don't want to see everybody just say, oh, this guy can't play. Like, you know, he's shown enough good stuff in this league that, uh, you know, one bad game, it's like, Buck or uh, sorry, Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell throws five interceptions. No one says boo because we know Bo Levi Mitchell is going to the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, Danny McManus has had five interception games, and uh, Matt Dunnigan had seven interception games. These are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This happens sometimes. The best of Vernon Adams is a good thing for the entire Canadian football league. I couldn't agree more. You're more articulate than me, but I appreciate you saying it. I'm just more long winded. Uh, no, you're you're a professional at speaking on mic, which is 
amazing for this show because sometimes I do feel like we just kind of talk back and forth. Um, I feel like a week ago I wouldn't have had a clear answer. Right now, Zach is the front runner for MLP, yeah. right? Like it's not even um, really all that close. I hate no, giving you credit. I, I think Chad Kelly is is in that conversation, right? And obviously, when when a, when Zach has the statement game that he did against BC, right, where you're throwing for over 400 yards and and throw all those deep shot touchdowns, now all of a sudden everything flips really quickly. But going into that game, if you took the vote then, Chad Kelly wins it. So obviously, you know, Chad got injured and uh, Toronto finally loses, and and Zach and the Bombers turned it up big. But I love the fact that we can have this conversation, and there's a lot of road left to run here because you know bc and winnipeg still have a huge game coming up in october and that's going to tell a lot bc's got two games coming up against calgary that's going to tell a lot uh you know how does chad kelly bounce back from what happened uh, i know he's been getting a lot of practice reps uh, on day one of the practice week so you know does he play this week and how does he bounce back so i i like the fact that you know it's not just winnipeg and can anybody touch winnipeg there's some good teams here and um you know and calgary's bounced back and now we've got a little more parity across the league than we've had in a while but yeah so i i don't i think if i had to vote today i'd probably vote for zach but a week ago i would have voted for chad and you know i, I think that's awesome because next week i might give you a different vote yeah i occasionally have people say like oh you're talking about it too early and i'm like the best thing we can do no, is talk about who the best players are right like oh no, like we should do a mid-season a mid-season unofficial awards right like they do that in the nhl why can't we do that in our league so can i okay one last one who would be your rookie because i can't without stats it's hard oh god you didn't prepare me for that um, i know sorry it's not fair for you the, to throw that at you who the, well because see last year like Dal it was dalton shown and i know that uh you know in calgary um you know they uh was it was it wall last year who got hurt? Wall, who got hurt yeah he had the two early defensive touchdowns and then he got hurt and um so he probably would have been in the west dalton shown would have been it in the east um so i love i'll just I, to answer i love what clark barnes has done in a small sample size here in Calgary. Yeah. Clark is Burns is, is Austin Mack a rookie? Well, by the league standards, I think he is. And if he is, he certainly would have my vote at the stage. Yeah. Clark Barnes, so. yeah. you know, the, the, the biggest disservice U Sports does to these players truly is just how damn short the season is. Right? Like, I mean, we look at these guys and True. like Clark Barnes has played, what, six football games in the last two years or eight football games in the last two years. He's already, we're not even at Labor Day, and he is already feeling the effects of a long season, yeah. right? So, you know, these guys have such a small amount of games played to aid, evaluate them on, to, so we know if they're ready or not, but then can they make it through a full season? So, you know, Clark Barnes um, ha has had a really good start to the season, but like I said, he's been nicked up and kind of been in and out a bit. So um, Austin Mack's kind of been the one guy that's really stood out, but I'd probably need a minute to look at it a little deeper. And it's hard to look at it deeper right now. Although TSN, think you guys actually have good stats up. Um, I, you guys have become sort of my go-to reliable place to do that. So um, glad we can help. Hopefully, the yeah. league can turn it around on that front. I know. <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point too much, but it no, would be. No. Um, man, have fun in Seattle. I'm jealous. That's fun. Yeah, I'm back to back because I'll go tonight and then tomorrow. I got to go for the Seahawks game and do uh, do my Seahawk preview, and then uh, I'm going to head to Denver next week to see our good friend Alex Singleton and the Broncos yep. and. Uh, get into that as well. So uh, lots of uh, both football leagues uh, on my on my menu for the next little bit here. You, I don't know how you do it, man. I would be, I'd be falling asleep I, at the wheel. I do it with a smile on my face, buddy. <laughs> well, you're the best in the business, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Firing logic from DSM. Guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. 
Guys, you gotta go check out Mike's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Mugs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Mugs Pub. You want wine. You want beer. You want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Mugs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right, John Bender, St. Peter alumni. Um, I feel like every time I acknowledge that I don't actually know how to introduce you. That's um, fine. Yeah. Uh, All good. Most people usually just say University of Nevada alumni. Perfect. University of Nevada alumni, St. Peter's alumni, uh, John Bender. Um, I've watched a couple games, a couple road games with you this season. Um, they haven't always gone the Stamps way. And then I have not talked to you um, since this weekend when the Calgary St. Peter's beat the Toronto Argonauts 20 to 7. For me as a reporter, sort of changed what I was seeing um, and, and changed the complexion of the summer for the St. Peter's a little bit. What did it teach you? Uh, just a lot. I thought the Stamps were, were very resilient. I mean, I talked to a lot of people, and I mean, we all know some sports fans that are doom and gloom and pessimistic, and Stamps were two and five. going. To, they had four games coming up against the top tier of the CFL, and some people were telling me they were staring two and nine in the face here pretty soon. And uh, the best, I may have said that. Yeah, I may have said that. <laughs> the best team in the CFL uh, shows up at McMahon Stadium, and uh, the Stampeders, you know, they beat them. Beat them handily, beat them by 13 points. So it showed me a lot just about the team. I think that we all knew they were young, that they're growing, and um, you know that the, they can really put a game together. And you know, Jake Mayer doesn't need to be all world, throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns to win football games for the Stampeders. They're a team that could beat you in multiple aspects of the game, whether it's special teams, defense, running the football, lots of different ways. So I was excited with what I saw, and I'm hoping that, that uh, that's something that we're going to see more of as the season goes on. It did look to me like the coaching staff dialed in on, okay, let's let's avoid mistakes. Let's play a little bit conservative. Let's, as you said, we don't need Jake to be Patrick Mahomes out there. Just get the ball out of his hands quickly, establish the run. Um, that just, I've had some people say, well, against a team like the Bombers, you're going to need to put up more points. I just kind of feel like that's missing the point when the, the Argos we all thought were were number one. So, look, if yeah. you do this to the Argos, I think you can do this to anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's something I don't disagree with. I think that if you win the game in the trenches, you'll win lots of football games. And Stan Peters, that might be the most experienced unit on the field is their offensive line. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And uh, what they're able to do there. So if they can, you know, run the football, create easy reads for Jake. I mean, Jake's still young. He's 14, 15 games as a starter. He's not. You know, the other quarterbacks they've had here in Calgary in the past or in the last three or four have been Hall of Famers or close to. And, uh, you know, I mean, Jason takes some time to learn and grow, and he's got the right guys that he's growing with and you know, learning from Dave Dickinson and some other members of the coaching staff. But, you know, they got to lean on the run game. I think that's what they should have done kind of from the start. Uh, I mean, the offensive line has to lead the way there, and if they can do that and do some ball control, I mean, they ran almost – I think they ran 60 plays and Toronto ran 36. You're going to win a lot of football games if you run almost twice as many plays as the other team. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's something for them to build on and keep rolling from there. And like you've played offensive line. So this is one of those ones where I just sort of step aside and like um, there have been questions about Stampeders offensive line throughout the first six or seven games of the season. Part of that I do think is I don't really think that they had their tackle positions sorted out the departure of Julian Jones to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then obviously the release of Derek Dennis meant that they were sort of that they, they had to sort that out. Um, Zach Williams was hurt for a lot of training camp. Do you see it? Has it taken a step forward? I think it's taken a huge step forward. Um, the, they did just release Caleb Beninock a couple weeks ago. So it sounds like, you know, at the beginning of the training camp or beginning of the season, we were all talking about they have three tackles for two positions. Unfortunately, with the way that a lot of NFL, CFL, NCAA now, they hardly hit in practice. So for them to really find out what they have and, you know, during crunch time, what they're going to work with, sometimes you got to learn those tough lessons in games. And early in the season, I think that there were some uh, players that they were miscast, put in a little, the wrong role. But it sounds like they got their guys now and rolling forward here. Um, you know, offensive line's a position with a lot of continuity. You have to, you know, it's five guys trying to work as one. And if you don't know what the guy beside you is going to do or what he's thinking or how he's going to react, it makes it very difficult. So the three offensive linemen in the, minute, in the middle, we've talked about this before with Sean McHugh and Ryan Sevier and Zach Williams, have done – you know, they've worked together a lot. You know, you look at uh, Derek Dennis, he had a left guard with Shane Bergman forever, now Zach Williams forever. And those guys, you know, communicate very, very well. When you bring a new player into the fold, it's not just going to hit the ground running. It's going to be just like with Jake Mara. We were talking about him taking some time to learn and grow. Same idea, but it looks like things are turning in the right direction. For you, as a Stampeders, uh, you know, you know this team better than anyone. Um, Dedrick Mills, 137 yards last game. Kadeem Carey is coming back into the lineup, arguably the CFL's top running back. How would you like to see them use those two guys together? Like, I know we all say, oh, just, you know, establish the run, pound the rock. But, like, let's say the first three drives are kind of short drives, the run's not working. 
what what happens then? And I'm asking genuinely because I don't understand how you do it. It's just it's something that I say all the time. Right. Establish the run, establish the run. What I've often seen in the past from other teams is that uh, if they have two running backs, the two-letter running back or however you want to call it, is that uh, if, if they think that the running backs are similar or close to, often it goes by series. So if the first running back is the first series, often they go two series at a time. So maybe, you know, if uh, Kadeem Carey is feeling healthy, maybe Dedrick Mills gets the first two series. But if he lights it up, gets eight carries for 80 yards, well, it might get the third series. It might get the fourth series. But if he has a tough go out the gate where he has four carries for 11 yards or something, well, now maybe we see Kadeem Carey and see what he has and see what he brings. But unfortunately, the reality is, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, depends if you're a fan or if you're the player, is that if, you know, they're going to keep giving the ball to the hot hand. Yep. And if that's Kadeem Carey or Dedrick Mills, they don't care. They just want to win football games. So, uh, you know, we're going to see how that plays out, I think, this weekend. I'm not playing fantasy this year, but would you advise fantasy owners to avoid the St. Peter's running backs this year, this N- game? No, I, I would lean heavy on Dedrick Mills. I think that they're going to ease Kadeem Carey back in unless, but I mean, at a moment's notice, Dedrick Mills could, I mean, it's football. Any play, you sprain an ankle, you tweak something and you know Kadeem carries right back in the spotlight so anything can happen yeah um yeah and I mean I do also just think ultimately it's a nice problem for the Stampeders to have great problem to have yeah um what happens when Peyton Logan is ready who also gives you some some options uh, as returner I'm not entirely clear on um but that's a you, you cross that bridge when you get there yeah, I mean, we we had a similar problem, if you want to call it that, when I was in university. Uh, we had, you know, Colin Kaepernick. We had a couple of running backs. We used to get him what's called this train formation at the goal line where he could read option and kick it. I'd love to see the Stampeders do some of that stuff with Tommy Stevens because you see them yeah. inside the five, inside the ten. If they got some great running backs, some options, some stuff they can do. I mean, we, we all hate when we see quarterbacks throw the ball away close to the end zone, right? I think the Stampeders have the personnel where they're inside the 10. Forget about passing. Really? Yeah, forget. I mean, you got the personnel. You got a lot of the good, great guys that play on the team that you can do these things with. You can get Tommy Stevens. There's no there's no reason why he shouldn't have 8, 9, 10 rushing touchdowns this year, and a lot of the running backs should as well. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have an opportunity to really, you know, that that should be their, their side of the field that they're going to, you know, convert – We've seen them kick a lot of field goals this year, and I'd like to see them finish more drives with touchdowns. Um, I know you've watched the Lions a little bit. Uh, that's the Stampeders' opponent this weekend in Vancouver. Um, I was talking to Farhan. He did point out their D-line has slowed down a little bit. Um, but they're still one of the top units in the league. Um, I assume that just sort of limiting the damage there, that, that they do keeping Drake standing is the key. Yeah, I think that the Lions were just at a great pace. It'd be hard for them to uh, keep up that pace. I think Betts had, what, 10 sacks in the yeah. first eight games? I mean, so, he was on, like, an all-time. He was on pace for 20-plus sacks. Yeah. I don't know if that was realistic, but uh, sooner or later they're going to get slowed down a bit. And, yeah, I mean, that's going to be something, you know, like in no league like the CFL does a sack just kill a drive. Because, you know, once you get sacked, I mean, either it's second down and then now you're going to punt or you're going to second and 15 or whatever it is. So, I mean, sacks just kill drives. So you got to limit the other team's sacks. You got to try to get the quarterback on your own and sacks also lead to turnovers, you know, interceptions, fumbles, all of those things. So that's a big part of the football game. And if you can win the sack battle off, you're going to win the turnover battle, you win the turnover battle off in the football game. Yeah. I, I would just note um, for listeners, 
currently Winnipeg is leading the league uh, with 27 sacks. BC and Calgary actually is t- are tied with 25. Calgary kind of snuck up on me there a little bit, eh? Um, yeah, they had a bit of a slow start out the gate, but they've been really good in the quarterback the last four or five weeks, which uh, I mean, really gives me a lot of confidence as a fan is what their defense can do. And you know, obviously that's going to lead to hopefully more turnovers here in the future. And I think the, when we check the turnover battle, what are they? They're, they're about even, close to even right now. Yeah, turnovers made. I don't want to put you on the spot. But no, anyways. no. So, <laughs> so the stamps have, have have made seven. Have turned the ball over seventeen times, um, which is the third best mark in the league. Uh, and then have their opponents have turned it over sixteen times. So literally, yeah, they're they're a minus one. I think Jake Mayer's touchdown interception ratio right now is negative. He's got more interceptions than touchdowns. So obviously, and they lost two games in overtime. So, you know, they're three and five and, you know, you change the outcome of a couple of those games, you know, they're four and four, five and three, and it's a whole different season, but there's lots of games left to be played and we're going to see how it plays out and they can, you know, clean up those turnovers a little bit and create some more on the other side. Then they're going to find a lot of success. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, it, it blows my mind. I, there has been a lot of anger in Calgary, which you are aware of, um, particularly about Jake. And I've I've defended Jake and will continue to defend Jake in part just because I genuinely believe that, like, I, I've made this, you know, comparison before, but, like, I am technically a Buffalo Bills fan. Josh Allen made so many mistakes in his first year and then emerged as sort of one of the best quarterbacks. This is Jake's first real year as a starter. I don't think that those mistakes are surprising. You know, that they're relatively predictable, that there are going to be growing pains as he emerges as sort of an everyday starter. Teams get tape on him. Um, and I just, I, I think that a little bit of patience is required. Yeah, I think that we're learning as Stan Peters fans how spoiled we were with Bo Levi Mitchell over the last decade and mm-hmm. how hot he was out of the gate. But keep in mind, like, Bo didn't start when he was a rookie. He, you know, he was a third string quarterback that was throwing the ball into the third deck in Montreal or whatever after he scored rushing yeah. touchdowns <laughs> for a solid year, learning in the background before he really got his opportunity. I know Mayor's been around, but uh, you know he's really got his opportunity now to run with it. And I think yeah, just a little bit of patience. And if he ends up being a good quarterback that you know wins a championship here, I think a lot of this will be forgotten. But I mean, obviously Dave Dickinson thinks he's you know going to be able to have an opportunity to win a lot of football games and, you know, they got to keep rolling with him. And we've seen them you know, 22 of 24. I don't remember how many pro quarterbacks you've seen have a 90% plus completion rate. And if he can do stuff like that here in the future, he's going to do very, very well. Um, I should probably have had this up. I just didn't know you were going to bring that up, but um, according to the CFL last week, Jake Mayer set a Calgary record with a 91.7 completion percentage 22 of 24 so now those were not like again they played conservative they played smart um but like what do you you won by 13 against the number one team in the cfl <laughs> yeah, like i mean what, what's the alternative i don't know people, people always ask you know i wish this quarterback threw for 303 touchdowns i wish he won the football game mm-hmm. I, and every football player feels that same way you know the stat lines they're nice to look at they're fun they're whatever end of the day all these guys want to do is win football games all the coaches want to do it's all the fans should really want also yeah and i think that if you look at ahead at the stamps now look they've got the lions who did the way did the lions bombers game did that change your perception of either team 
at all. I mean, I feel like we all knew that the Bombers were pretty good. So it's, okay, cool, you're capable of doing that. Doesn't totally surprise me. And then with the Lions, like, I just feel like these games happen in seasons. And then yeah. they didn't they didn't have Vernon. It was a backup quarterback. It made me think. So I think a couple of weeks ago, I thought having Dane Evans and not Vernon Adams wasn't such a big deal. And after I watched them play the Blue Bombers, I thought, oh, this is a very big deal. So I think Vernon Adams is, you know, allegedly supposed to be back this week. Is that what we're hearing? Farhan says he has got a big brace on, but he's been taking starter reps for the first two days of practice. And Vernon Adams, as long as he's been playing, like, his whole career, back to his days at Oregon and everything else, the knock on him has always been, can he stay healthy for the whole season? Mm -hmm. He's not a big guy. He's a mobile quarterback. He's not very large. He can, he's going to take his licks here and there. And the Stampeders, I mean, just like they did last week, I mean, they weren't going out there trying to hurt Chad Kelly, but – in the game, you know, you lay a couple of licks on a quarterback. Sooner or later, somebody's going to get banged up, slow down, not want to go through their progressions as much, things like that. So this is something that they can keep working on, and I think that they're going to have an opportunity to get to VA. And uh, if he's got a big knee brace on, I don't imagine he'll be as mobile as he usually is. We saw him come to McMahon Stadium and create all sorts of problems earlier this year. He, so we'll see what happens. It's honestly like I have – I can't like back this up. Like this is purely anecdotal. I'm just like I've been watching Vernon – frustrate the stampeders it feels like since at least 2019 like when in that year in montreal and i honestly something about that guy i, I don't i don't get how anyone doubts him i know he has some bad games here and there but most most cfl quarterbacks do and i just love watching him bounce around when we look at the slate of games i try to do this as you know once an episode you have on thursday winnipeg at edmonton i, I barely think we need to talk about that game um, I do. Th I'm excited to see to see Trey Ford get the start. There's, there's that part of it. I just think that this is sort of throwing throwing him into the lion's den a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm excited to see Trey Ford also. I mean, he's going to have some stiff competition. He's going to have uh, Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffco coming right after him. So uh, hopefully they're able to protect him a little better, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But last time the Bombers and the Elks played, it was a close game. You know, That's true. It worked out to be really close at the end. That was what week two plays. No, it was I won't say week five. Okay, I'm gonna pull that up. Remember, right at the end of the yeah. game, Boyko got beat bad by Willie Jefferson to end the game. I can't find it, but I okay, I believe no you either way. <laughs> no, I do honestly. This is not great radio. No problem. Week we'll six, we've tracked. Yeah, we'll look it up again. I'll Regardless, I agree with you. Um, I just honestly with Winnipeg doing what they did last week with Kenny Lawler getting 200 receiving yards with that steam seems that team sort of looking like it's coming together a little bit. Um, and like Willie Jefferson's got eight sacks. You said it like this, this no hope Elks team. Um, I don't care if you change your offensive coordinator. This just has the feeling of a, of a game that makes me feel bad about myself and need a shower at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was, if I was betting, what's the line on, I think it's double digits. I would imagine that, uh, yeah, you could take the, Take the Bombers by double digits, and uh, I think that's probably where you're going to make your money. Um, August 11th, my older sister's birthday. Uh, Saskatchewan at Montreal. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I quietly think Mason Fine has been better than people are giving him credit for. Um, they, I think that they're beginning to open up the playbook to him a little bit. And I just like, look, I like a guy who was super popular in one market and kind of went sour going back and playing his former team. So I love the Cody Fajardo angle. Um, I, I suspect Montreal wins this game, but the riders have shown me enough that I think that this just has potential to be a really good, fun midsummer competitive CFL game. 
Yeah, I agree. I think both teams have been really building here. There's kind of the top tier of the CFL, the top three teams would be Toronto, Winnipeg, and BC. And I think the next, you know, we're trying to jockey to see who the top in the next tier is and who's able to move into the top tier. And I think that, uh, you know, when we look at Montreal and Saskatchewan, this will be a good test for each of them to see where they're at and to see if they can build on what they've been doing already. Both teams are, you know, hanging right around the 500 mark. They can win a few more football games. They can solidify themselves in playoff standings and really build confidence. And I think that Cody Fajardo, I think he got a tough go here in Sask, playing injured most of last year. If you get sacked 70 times, I know a few of those are on you, but I don't think all of them are. And, uh, it's, and I would love someone at some point to like break that down because he's getting sacked a lot in Montreal too. Yeah, I mean, but he's a mobile quarterback that tries to run as much as he can, which I mean, obviously is going to lead to a few sacks. But you have an 18-game season, right around 50 sacks would be a lot. 70 <laughs> yeah. is time. 70 is too many. 70 is way too many. And to play and you know continue coming out each week after you're getting banged up is going to be tough on a guy. So, I mean, it sounds like he's really hit the ground running here in Montreal. Seems like he's in a good place. And if he can keep building there, maybe uh, you know they're going to have a great chance here in the playoffs as well and see what they can do in the East. Totally. Uh, we sort of talked about Stamp Lions. Uh, Red Blocks Argos. I think a lot of this depends for me on if Chad Kelly's playing. Um, I will say that the shine has come off Dustin Crumb a little bit for me. I still really like that Red Blacks defense, um, and I think they can cause trouble for anyone. Um, but look, the Argos without Chad Kelly did not look like they could do anything against mm-hmm. the Stamps last week. So I have a hard time. Like, I think the Red Blacks can win this if Chad Kelly's not in. Yeah, I think they have an opportunity. Um, I'm interested to see how the Argos bounce back because, you know, a week ago they were this juggernaut 6-0. and Nobody can beat them. Sean Oakman playing in the middle, having a hard time. You know, Swag Kelly throwing the football all over the field. And, you know, A.J. Oled, the big running back. And the Stampeders kind of proved that that's not always the case. And now, you know, what's Ottawa going to be able to do? And is Ottawa going to be able to build? Dustin Crumb started out hot. Is he going to be able to – keep building from there and see what they can do on their team. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. I mean, I would expect that the Argos will be bouncing back to where they are, but maybe they don't, you know, sometimes we see teams that come out the gate, you know, six, seven, eight, no, and then they slow down from there and vice versa. So be interesting to see kind of how the season prevails and how it goes on from here. Yeah. Um, can agree more sort of last general question. Um, and like, you may not, I, we did, I do not, prep you for these things. I just kind of ask questions. And uh, we what, saw Edmonton replace their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now the Ticats, Tommy Kundell, uh, Dave Pardways, Scott Milanovic takes over. Obviously, Scott Milanovic. Like, I, I just think the fact that he won Grey Cups with um, with Ricky Ray, with Anthony Calvillo, the fact that he's got another sort of older quarterback in Tommy, or sorry, in Bo Levi Mitchell. I, I, I like that angle. I think it's fun to watch. But how, like, You've, you've played at the highest level. Like, what what happens when an offensive coordinator is gone? How much does the everything that the, the team is doing offensively sort of change? Um, I've never had one in season. I've heard of them happening in season. I've had an offensive coordinator change on the off season. Um, but I would imagine that, you know, especially if they're going to change in season, I don't think they're going to take the old playbook and throw it in the trash. They're probably just going to find a few wrinkles on the offense, find a few different things that they can try to exploit. What I find that we see with offensive coordinators that we've seen in Edmonton, that we've seen in Hamilton, is they kind of just get stuck. They try to do things that don't work. They're, you know, always, you know, kicking field goals, not scoring touchdowns. The points aren't working. The offensive lines having a hard time understanding what they're 
assignments are, the wide receivers, the running backs. What you want in an offense is you want to know who your playmakers are. You want to know who the guys can step up when you need them are. And you want to know when it's, you know, second and one, third and two, whatever you want, and you need a play, which guys you can rely on. And I think when you see offensive coordinators let go is when we look at teams that they don't know who those guys are. They haven't figured it out. They're trying to figure it out, and they're trying to make things happen. And some guy at times, they just don't have the personnel for what they're trying to do. And, you know, if that's what they know to do, and they don't have the personnel, it's not going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those questions that just I, I feel like unless we've played, it's like, I don't know. I, I see a new offensive coordinator. I assume that they're not just going to come in and completely reinvent the wheel. But then there's also this part of me that's like, well, if you're not going to, if it's not a, if you're not going to make major changes, why not just wait? But as you explained, that's why. Yeah. I mean, I think that they also want to know what they have. I mean, I think like in Edmonton, for example, like why go through the rest of the season? Like if you know you're going to let that guy go at the end of the season or whenever his contract's up so that you're not violating the CFL salary cap, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you know that he's probably not coming back, well, let's see what else you got here. Maybe you have a play caller in house potentially is looking for a new job somewhere else in the offseason let's give him the keys to the car and let's see what he can do with it and if that's an opportunity for a player for a coach to grow and go into a new opportunity because all these coaches like dave dickinson when i was on the stan peters he was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. now you know 10 plus years later he's the coach and the gm and when i was on the stan peters brent munson was the strength coach and the linebackers coach now he's a d coordinator so these guys, you know, they move up into different roles and if they an opportunity presents itself, they can show that they're willing to work hard to find, you know, the ways that they think that they can beat teams and exploit teams and opportunities to see what they got. Scott Milanovic is a pretty nice, pretty nice option. That, for that is a, I mean, he should have been knocking at the door the whole season, right? Yeah. It's weird that they, he wasn't in a higher role to begin with, to be honest. Completely. Um, well, John, man, thank you so much for coming in. Um, as you know, I've said several times, uh, I know that Busby and Cami Kepke want to, we're all just going to get some Fraser and Fig. We're going to do a special episode and just eat some charcuterie. So I, I don't know when that's going to be, but, um, you know. You guys just right. let me know whenever you're ready. <laughs> you bet, buddy. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you to John Bender. Thank you to Farhan Laudry from TSN. It's been fun. Two guys who, honestly, they, they know so much about football. They know so much about the CFL. Uh, and brought a very different perspective to what I can bring or, you know, generally us, us lowly newspaper folks can, can do. So super appreciate that from both Bender and Farhan. Thank you, guys. And, of course, thank you to our sponsors, Fraser and Fig. We, we love Fraser and Fig. We talk about them every week. And, and Mugs Pub. Going to be gonna be grabbing a drink at Mugs Pub. Playing some trivia soon. So thank you to both of them. We super appreciate them. And thank you to you, our listeners. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, guys. Honestly, if you have CFL fans in your life who, who want a little bit of extra content, they they tell them where to find us. We're going to be here every week. We've been going throughout the rest of the season. Um, and I'm Danny Austin. This is live from the 55 on the Nation Network. Super appreciate you guys listening. Cheers. 